again. Back in the flesh. Back in the flesh. I don't know how to start. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm going to start this with a compliment. Oh, you look fantastic. Thank You're you, fresh Dan. from the hairdressers. <laughs> yeah. yeah, man. Very chiseled right now. Yeah, feeling quite chiseled. You did the hair, you did the beard. Um, yeah, no, it's always a good time in that place. Mm. There's always good vibes. Mm. It's one of those like very trendy barbers where most of the time they'll be like, hey, you want to be a bro? You know, oh, it's like one of those. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you Which love I think. That. I think maybe it's sort of done its course a little bit, mm. you know, like it's, it's come full circle and is now quite cringe to go to a barber there, <laughs> you know, a trendy barber. Most people, most cool people probably just cut their own hair or like, mm, go that, to, yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. A lot of cool people that I know cut their own hair. Yeah. So whatever. Yeah. I'm an old man now. <laughs> I honestly hate getting my hair cut really? too. Like I hate it. I would rather get like a tattoo. I don't know. I just You'd rather get a tattoo. He's e- any day, any wow. day. Cause like, I mean, look, barbers are pretty chill. Mm. They're like, you know, they feel extremely worldly and cultured, mm. but like, I, I think we've talked about this before. I just kind of turn into an NPC when I'm at the barber oh, yeah. and I'm just like, my personality disappears. I don't know how to be assertive. They're doing things that are bad. Oh, yes, and I'm just yes. like, yep, that's, that's great. Fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is a weird vibe. It is hard to be like, no, nah, I don't want this or I don't want that. My guy today was like, you got two options, which I thought was good. Oh, options. He didn't. He wasn't just like, do you like this? But it was like, you can do this or this, which oh, I thought was nice. Oh, okay. All right. That's good. He um, sounds great. Yeah. No, he was good. He's not my normal guy. My normal guy's Patrick. Shout out to Patrick. Um, <laughs> so that was cool though. Patrick was there. Had a little chat. I don't, I, normally I don't talk much. Right. Know? Yeah. But how do you get to that position? Because I feel like no matter which barber I go to, they, they want to talk, they to, me talk to you. And like, I don't know how to politely yet assertively say, right. Hey man, it's cool if we just like listen to yeah, the music, yeah. you know? And like, I don't want to be a dick. I just, man, see, even just talking about that situation, like I'm not, I'm not good for it. I don't know how to handle it. <laughs> yeah. That's interesting. See, I kind of just am quiet and they are just quiet. I don't know. Maybe that's like wow. a... Maybe it's know. a presence thing. I don't you know, know, man. Yeah. I got to work on my aura. Yeah. You got <laughs> to be more shut down like me. <laughs> oh, uh, dear. Yeah. No, it, it is weird though because he was like, oh, what are you doing after this, dude? And because I hadn't been talking much the whole time, I felt weird about being like, oh, I'm going to go do a podcast. I didn't say that. I was like, I'm going to a mate's house. Mm, mm. That is NPC behavior right mm, there. See, You've, you immediately are on the back foot because yeah. you're like, oh God, I don't want to have to talk too much, but yeah. like I need to give a satisfying answer. Yeah. Also saying you're going to go do a podcast. I don't know, man. See, it like brings out, it's like being with the cool kids all of a sudden, you know? <laughs> You're like, I can't, I can't tell them what I'm really doing or thinking or going to say because they'll judge me. Uh, I'm feeling very judged. Uh, but no, yeah, it was fine. It was good. It wasn't all of that stuff. It was fine. How about you? How are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm good. I, uh, I got s- some of my finances in order. Oh. I uh, sold Elden Ring. Oh. And got my ears pierced. Very nice. You know, that's, I'd... you know, a bit of a trade happening there. Yeah, nice. Um, but yeah, I've been good. It's really nice being in Melbourne. It's just that it's alive. The city 
is alive. It's much more alive than some other cities. That is that is true. Yes. Um, so yeah, I'm really enjoying that, and uh, I am really excited to talk about a game I've been playing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I've been playing Resident Evil Two. <laughs> yeah, maybe tell me about Resident Evil Two. Oh my God. Okay. So wait, what are you playing it on? Uh, current gen Xbox Mini. Okay. I don't even know how to n- label that Xbox thing. Xbox One. Nah, it's the one after that. So it's like current gen, but it's like the little version. Oh, they're so bad. They're just so bad at marketing and naming their shit. I thought like the Mar- new Mario Bros was bad. <laughs> oh, no, what Xbox, no, Xbox done, is next level. They've done far worse. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's like incredible. Like it looks great. There are no loading times it's mm. like it's wild mm. um the resi engine the what's it called i can't remember the name of the engine that engine though is amazing right it, it's always been like that like zero loading times or mm. very little loading times and just really beautiful graphics mm, yeah it looks great um and so yeah i just you know it was on sale for like 10 bucks resident mm. evil 2 remake I know you had kind of rated it and you obviously really rate four. Mm. I'd heard good things. You know, people are starting to talk up Capcom's remake uh, situation. Yes. People are praising that shit. Yes. Um, and fuck, it's pretty good. It it, 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 is, it was a lot better than I expected. Mm. And um, one of the things that I loved was the level design. The level design That's was... amazing. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's like... It's like horror Dark Souls. Yeah. It's all interconnected. Yeah. And it's like, you know, the scale is much smaller, but there's no difference in detail. There's as much detail. And like, yeah, they do a couple of really interesting things that I was impressed with puzzle-wise. Mm-hmm. You know, this is one of those games where you got to be a bit observant and mm-hmm. like you got to do the thing that I'm really bad at when it comes to <laughs> video games. Yes. And I just breezed through all of it. Like it all just made sense. Yeah. And I was like, oh man, if this can make sense for me, then like anyone can play this. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Um, but yeah, love the like scene by scene combat you know mm. i think i talked about this when i played evil within last year where just the gentle sway of the zamba yes. is is just like really intense yes. and you're like low on ammo and you these shots have got to count and when you miss you're like <sighs> i'm a waste of skin <laughs> <laughs> like you're just like i really needed that yeah. to land yeah um and so yeah i i really loved it i finished the Leon story. Ooh. So I, I, I got all the way through and I, I've got to say, you know, the story was quite bad. <laughs> the dialogue is terrible. Yeah. The performances vary from bad to quite good. Yeah. Um, but the storytelling is truly atrocious. Mm. It's some of the worst I've seen. <laughs> so you know how like The Last of Us, right? Yeah. The Last of Us Part 2 even, like story is quite good. Mm. Um, not like the best in the world, but quite good. But like the storytelling in The Last of Us is amazing. Right. They make you feel all the things yes. and it's like very effective. That's a topic right there. Story versus storytelling. Ooh, shit. Bingo card scratch. <laughs> um, and so with Resident Evil, the storytelling is so bad. And whenever they would try to go sad mm-hmm. or like emotional they'd start up the piano like it was so funny i was just like this is like not 
not the room bad, not like charming bad. Like, guys, this is really bad. Like, <laughs> what are you doing? Do you think there's like, I mean, Resident Evil and a lot of that Capcom horror stuff tends to lean on schlock a bit. Right. But I think that in at a certain point, it is just bad as well. Yeah. So, like, I'm a big fan of schlock. Mm-hmm. Evil Dead 2, mm-hmm. incredible film. Uh, Army of Darkness, the sequel to Evil Dead 2, bad. Both schlock. Yes. Good schlock, bad schlock. Resident Evil, bad schlock. <laughs> Good schlock, bad schlock. <laughs> that, there's like a skit in there somewhere. Like if I was comedy minded enough, we, I could start playing Good schlock and you could start playing bad schlock. <laughs> oh my but God. No, I'm, I'm not quick enough for that. <laughs> um, so yeah, bit, really enjoyed Resident Evil. Mm. And um, because the... My laptop is about to fall onto <laughs> the floor. Help? No, no, I'm okay. good. I'm good. Um, because the story is so bad, like uh, something happens at the end, which I'm not going to spoil because if you haven't played it, it, it is a, a remarkably good game despite how much I'm shooting on it. Um, but like all these characters were just there at the end and yes. Leon's like, oh, I knew we'd make it. I'm yeah. like, who the fuck are these people? <laughs> yeah. And it turns out you can play as another character mm-hmm. called Claire. Claire, thank you. Um and it's weird what they've done with that because when you play as Leon, right? You get to the meticulously designed police station mm-hmm. and you run into Claire every now and again. Yeah, she's like she's stuck like, outside yeah, and you're yeah. like, "Oh shit." And so when I saw that you could play Claire's story, I was like, "Oh sick. We're going to see like yeah. where she was." But no, you play in the same arena kind of Mm. and there are a couple of it's like a parallel universe like it's not play leon's story play claire's story it's like play leon's story if he's the main character and then play claire's story if she's the main character yeah um and they're slightly different you go to slightly different places all right i didn't know that right so like when i did the uh the leon pass there are a couple of doors that I could never access and like keys that I never found. And in Claire, with Claire's playthrough, you find them like pretty early on. Are they just doors to little story bits or are they still? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, No, it's, it, it gets quite different. Yeah. It gets quite different. So like my initial Leon playthrough was like eight hours, which is like primo, perfect, perfect amount of time for like a story driven horror game. Um, and then I started playing Claire and I'm basically like a speed run God. Like I know, the mechanics, you know, you know I'm more familiar with them. All the safes, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, it's cool kind of revisiting the same level, but they've started switching shit up. They've yeah. started throwing new characters at me, yeah. new enemies, different enemy placements, and I'm like, oh, okay, this is, like, a tiny bit scary. I'm trying to remember if I played um, Leon or Claire, because I only played one of the characters when I played that game. Right. But do you want to fix your laptop, take a little quick break? And oh, no, it's fine. Are you sure? Oh, I don't yeah. want you holding that laptop that whole time, baby. <laughs> <All> right, <laughs> We're going to fade in the music. <laughs> Fade the music back out. Back in. Fade the voices back in. <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, yeah, right, out. right, right. You are correct. <laughs> Joe is our new audio editor. I have been fired. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> True control. Um, yeah, what were we saying? Uh, yeah, the, I played Claire, but I, I think I played Claire, but I. I'd never played the second story, uh, but I can't remember if I played Leon or not. I, I don't know. Um, right, okay. There's also a third one, an optional one, where you play Tofu. 
You know about this? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I don't know you play as the meat replacement yes. substance yeah, tofu. soy substance tofu. <laughs> Yeah, um, and I think it's more of like a challenge mode that speedrunners use sometimes. Oh. There's like tofu run. It's got like, you've got a certain amount of bites that you can have out of you before you die. Oh, that's sick. I think. I might I might be misremembered. This could be some Bernstein Bears shit again. But yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I'm like, yeah, I'm really interested because I was so impressed with the design. I was actually going to play it again on like hard mode or whatever. But like, you know, going in as Claire is... Claire? Yeah. Claire? Claire. 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 For some reason, I keep wanting to say Maria, but mm. it's it's not Maria. No. No. There's okay. no Maria. <laughs> okay. There's no Maria here. Um, yeah. So going back in as Clara is really cool and mm. like seeing slightly different things, but still yeah. like enjoying that vibe. Maybe I should play it again. Mm. Um, yeah. The Resident Evil games are just so good. They're like candy for the soul. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, um, I'd be keen to hear what you think of the 4 remake. I never played the 3 remake. Right. I think I saw it on sale the other day as well, but I'm not sure. Yeah. I don't think it was $10. It was like 25 or something. Right. But um, yeah, apparently the third one isn't that good. Oh, okay. It's just like, I think it's a bit shorter. It's like, they didn't really evolve too much on the two remake. Right. You know, like it's kind of the same style thing, but not as good. Right. So like you've got, what's his name? Mr. X chasing you? Tyrant. Tyrant. If it's the same... Unless it's a different thing. Uh, all right. So just real quick, no spoilers, mm. but like with, with Resident Evil 2, it does this beautiful thing. I was like so scared and impressed at the same time mm. where like you get familiar with the layout. Like you've got a map and you find maps that kind of help you out of where to go and what to look for. But like you get familiar and you stop relying on the map and you know where all the doors lead and then Later in the game, you're reintroduced to this area that you're familiar with, but then there's this big fucking monstrous motherfucker <laughs> and he just starts marching towards yeah. you. And I played this whole game with headphones on just because mm. it was amazing with headphones, but you can hear him no matter where you are. Yeah, the stomping. Oh my God, so effective. Like <laughs> yeah. suddenly, even though I know my way around, everything is scary because like I can just always hear him stomping closer or further away. And that's also like, what's he doing? Where's he going? Is he like going to come around and meet me on the other (laughs) side or whatever? Yeah. Yeah. I know uh, a lot of people really enjoyed Tyrant. I feel like it's not Tyrant. I think Tyrant's in the third one. Yeah. When I, the only reason I say Tyrant is like, there's this dude you find who knows a little bit about him. Mm. And I found a note and he was like, I hope they haven't like unleashed Tyrant. I think Tyrant's in the third one. I think Tyrant has has the long octopus arm and this is Mr. X. Oh, okay. Mr. X. I might be wrong, Ash. I'm sure you're screaming at me right now. Or not. Uh, Yeah, definitely really cool. I know a lot of people... Um, started to struggle with it a little bit because if they felt like it was more of an inconvenience <clears throat> suddenly they like knew where they needed to go and they didn't real, really feel too much of a threat from Mr. X really? so they felt like it was just like oh fuck, gotta get around him again oh he punched me down god damn it you know like right. they, weren't, they weren't scared or they stopped being scared of him at a certain point and it became an inconvenience right interesting so but I think the headphones probably really help with that mm. and like always being a bit afraid of him really helps with that as a mechanic i was terrified yeah. i like never even stuck around yeah, you right. know as soon as i heard him or saw him i was like gone yeah. it didn't matter where i was going where yeah. i was trying to get to i was just running to hide. <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah totally yeah that's good i'm glad you dug it yeah yeah what about you what have you been playing i've been playing a little game called 
Street Fighter Six. Oh, what do you think? It's really good. Yeah, they've done an amazing job uh, for newbies of the series this time around. There's like, I remember, I can't remember which one it was. Maybe Street Fighter Four or Five, Four mm-hmm. or Five that I played last time, mm-hmm. and it was just like dumps you right in. There's like versus against the AI or versus against um, human players, and then there was a dumb story mode or whatever. But this one, there's like three different different style things you can go into. There's like um the arena which is like uh this big esports arena style thing where it's just a hub of a bunch of different players sitting at street fighter games and you can walk up to any of them that are sitting at these like you know street fighter hub things sit down across from from them and challenge them to a game of street fighter oh cool so cool and you walk around as your avatar from the second game mode which is like world tour is is this where we see the like meaty boys The real, the real, the real star of the show, big chungus men <laughs> yeah. and women. Um, yeah, 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 it's really uh, uh, remarkable walking around the arena, and there's just a bunch of weird folks just vibing. Yeah, cool. um, but yeah, the other mode I haven't played yet, which is World Tour. You make your avatar and you play through a little story about like rising through the ranks, and you meet a bunch of the Street Fighter cast in right. the world, and they're just chilling and they teach you things and you fight them. Um, and you unlock moves. It's. I feel like it's. What was that Tony Hawk's World something something? Oh, like Tony Hawk's Underground. Yeah, maybe that one. Where yeah. you where you like flew around and like went to Russia yeah. and yeah 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 and, and you had like a rival or whatever. Yeah, and you could like learn tricks and stuff. Mm-hmm. And yeah, um, that it's it's like that I I think, but I haven't really messed with it. And then the final one is like um, it's like training or, or it's like your hub for just like standard matchmaking. So if you don't want to go into the, the esports arena to like find a weird guy to fight, you can just like press search and like just search and let, let you find a match. Mm, but in that mode as well, there's also like the most incredible set of training tools I've ever seen in a fighting game. No shit. Yeah. It's like how to play street fighter just like adds any character. And then for every character on the roster, there's a how to play them specifically. And these are video tutorials that you can press at any time. I think it's the big button on the PlayStation controller. And it will be like, oh, try out the thing that we just taught you. And it like puts you in the situation and shows you the buttons on the screen. Oh. And there's always like a rolling thing on the side of the screen, which is like every input and the um, button lag between each input. So it'll be like, you know, medium punch and 12, 12 frames of like nothing. And then right input or something just as an example right so you can like see exactly what the uh, the example does on the right and like just try and match that if you're struggling to like why isn't my combo working but theirs is or there's actually right. like they do this extra little thing that they didn't mm. explain the buttons um because that's like something i really struggle with mm. with like you know i love super smash because there are no combos right yeah. like yeah. the combos you kind of have to get creative and make up based on the character whereas yeah. like in regular fighting games, there are combos and there are like strings of buttons yeah, yeah. and quarter circle. Like I've never been good at that stuff. They have. So to account for that in this, they have uh, a different control scheme this time. Right. I've heard yeah. about this. This is like an accessibility option, right? It, But they do not treat it as accessibility. It's just like a standard thing available to everyone. So right. you can just like, it's like choose before you go into any battle, you can choose your input method. Oh, it's sick. not like you have to go into the accessibility menu and find it. It's just like, it's just there. I can't remember what it's called though. Classic controls. Big friendo <sighs> controls. Yeah, big friend controls. Everyone gets along. Yeah, everyone gets along controls. And it, it replaces <laughs> a lot of that, you know, combo stuff 
yeah. which is often like double quarter circle forward or mm. half circle, half circle back or whatever. I don't mm. know. Like it replaces a lot of that with button inputs. Mm. So it'll be like side B, sort of like Smash Bros to do a, a combo. Far out. Um, and there are, of course, like your regular combos, sort of like in Smash Bros, how it's like you can string a bunch of moves together and there's no chance for the enemy to hit you. Right, yeah. Style stuff, which you do need to learn. But all that stuff is taught to you in the how to play character screen. Mm. And they're so good. Um, and there's mm. like uh, this kind of interesting, almost like little mini chess game thing happening with the, one of the meters in the game. So there's a meter that's underneath your health. I can't remember what the name of the meter is, but you can burn like a couple of different chunks of it to do specific actions. So like you can do a stronger version of a Hadouken by like, you know, changing the way that you input for the Hadouken. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yep, yep. um, but it will burn one of those meters. Um, and then there's like blocking, but there's also like ultra blocking, I guess, which mm -hmm. is useful against certain types of combos or certain types of attacks. Oh my God. But that, that burns that meter as well. Oh my God. So deep yeah. already. And so you can like end up in this situation, which is really interesting to me where like you <laughs> um, run out of that meter. And if you like actually run that meter to zero, you're going to burn out, which means that that meter has to fully recharge before you can use any of the blocks from that meter again. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, very cool. Um, <laughs> so there's a little bit of meter managing and there's another meter down the bottom. I don't know what it does. I haven't got that. <laughs> I haven't got that far yet. I'm still only trying to figure out how to play like Ryu, you know, like I'm yeah. right, right smack bang in the beginning. I haven't even tested all the characters yet. There's some cool new ones. There's a bunch of old ones. Looks like a good time. Fuck. That sounds time. awesome. I'm so happy for Street Fighter fans because yeah. I remember the fifth one being a bit of a joke when it mm. came out. Like not many characters, like the online functionality was fucked, yeah. no story mode. Yeah. And, you know, they were doing that live service thing where they were like, we promised to do all this shit. But yeah. like when it came out, it was like half a game if that. I think I remember that because I remember buying it and being very disappointed. Right. Um, but yeah, no, this one is super full featured. Um, I don't know if they're doing extra content for it. I don't know if they've announced any of that stuff yet, but right. yeah, I'm really digging it. Sick. Um, yeah. I played that and a little bit of Fear of Hunger. Should we talk about Oh, shit. All right. Well, shall we uh, bust through some news? I've got a little bit of news for you. You got some news? I got some news. All right. You want to go first? Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll kick it off. Uh, what do we got here? What do we got in this chicken box? <laughs> uh popular video game podcast it's almost the weekend oh. spreads misinformation about <laughs> zelda's 1986 day night cycle oh so my you God. were right i was right when you called me uh, out you're 100 right i went and had a look doesn't have one made that shit up okay cool very glad that i chose to focus on other video games <laughs> because yeah that uh that game does not have a where, day night cycle where did you learn that info from initially oh, i have no Don't idea because i like i went back and like you know did similar searches and could see the articles that i clicked on and like i couldn't find it anywhere right. so just i might have just had like a total brain fade yes, yes. <laughs> very good <laughs> amazing all right yeah. i got i got the next little bit of news here i got a couple of small ones and a couple of medium ones all right let's just let's bounce back and forth right. you throw me a wing i throw you a drumstick all right we got a uh big nintendo direct oh did you see this um it was three days ago i think two days ago I don't know. Did I? Oh, RPG Maker remake? No, wait. RPG Mario oh, yeah. RPG. Yes, that was one of the announcements. Right. Not right. in my news, but yes, we did get a trailer for that. Right. Looked great. Cool. We got Donkey Kong and a thorn of a uh, crowny crown of thorns. Wait, new Donkey Kong game? No. Oh, in Mario Maker RPG. Oh, uh, Mario RPG. Why can't we say that? I, I, who knows? We got a Pikmin trailer. Has heaps of gameplay. 
Looks really good. Pikmin 4. Pikmin 4, baby. We love Pikmin 4. Your turn. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right. Uh, I got a weird one here. So Mm -hmm. uh, Jeff Keighley, who is the like host slash creator of the Game Awards, um, did an interview with Hideo Kojima recently. And Jeff asked Kojima, what's next? And Kojima said, and I quote, I want to go to outer space. Oh, no. I want to go to outer space and create a game you can play in space. (laughs) Wait, wait, wait. (laughs) (laughs) And like... And, like, you can just play games in space. Like, yeah. Switch doesn't suddenly space, not yeah, work yeah. in space. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I don't know what that means. Like, only for astronauts, yeah. like, super complex, like, 200-button controllers or something. Uh, there was a game that I feel like I want to play with you and um, Damo or maybe Pete. I don't know. We'll see what happens. I don't know what happens. That <laughs> um, uh, it was called uh, Bodies... In space. Have you heard of that? Is that what it's called? Bodies no. in space? Oh, my phone isn't working. It's fine. Um, <laughs> but it's like a, it's a game for people in space. You okay. play a little astronaut guy who's like a, a bodies, a, bodies in space. I don't know what it's called. I'm just going to forget. <laughs> I'm just going to stop trying to remember what it's called. You play two little dudes and you, um, I think like the triggers control your arms grabbing and you, the um, bumpers control your legs kicking. And so you're just floating around in zero G and you're trying to like complete tasks like fix the radar or like close the hatch or, you know, and you like find control or find um, little instruction booklets around and there's like stuff to do in each level. And it's like more and more complex. (laughs) I tried tried playing it solo. Not that good, but two player. I think they do three player now. Oh, all right. I'd, yeah, I want to control some isolated limbs. Yeah. Wiggle around. Yeah. Zero G. So that's Kojima's dream already realized. Maybe he needs to hear about that game. Yeah. And look, like, heads up, hopefully there's maybe some mistranslation here because Kojima doesn't speak English, so everything he yes. says in an interview is translated. So, I mean, multiple articles were presenting the quote exactly like this, but one right. can hope. One Be- can hope he means a game... That's set in space. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah I want to go to space so I can learn to make games about stuff in space. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, oh, uh, similar piece of news to that last one that I had about Pikmin, we got a new Mario game announced called Super Mario Wonder. Oh, like th- 3D? Uh, it is 3D, but it's a 2D side-scroller. Oh, so, okay. Like, like 3D world. Yes. Was. Right. Yep, yep, yep. Um, it looks really cool. The animation this time around looks beautiful. They've really like mm. done a whole heap of, it looks like they've just scrapped everything and been like, how do we reinvent the way Mario looks while he runs around? Really? Obviously there's a bunch of homages that they're playing still, but um, or paying still, but there's like really cool little smeary frames and like turn to an elephant in this game. Oh, um, I have, seen, have that. seen that. I have seen that. Well, I've seen the elephant right. and it like, elephant with mario cap i'm like yeah it's fucking mario but you know i didn't realize it was attached yeah. to a game yeah it's called mario wonder looks really cool i'm definitely gonna play it fuck yeah dude huge hell yeah we love mario that's awesome we, we do we love mario we love mario uh I'm, okay i'm doubling down on the kojima news mm. and this is kind of a, a a a double whammy because i wasn't sure if this was confirmed but kojima will not be directing the death stranding movie oh Okay. So there's a Death Stranding movie coming um, and he'll be playing a supervisory role. Cool. 
Okay. That's so, probably for the best. Yeah, I had a piece of news ages ago where, like, it seemed like Kojima would be directing something that was produced by the Barbarian producer. Mm. And I'm thinking maybe this could have been that project, right. but Kojima has confirmed he's just going to be in a supervisory role, which could be hell for yeah. the actual director. Yeah. If you've got this absolute lunatic who just has to have it in his <laughs> Kojima way. Yeah. Um, I don't know what he's like to work with. Maybe he's great. I don't know. One can hope. One can hope. Um, yeah, I don't know about a Death Stranding movie. I mean, that does sound boring. Okay, so, <laughs> yeah. like, the game sounds boring, but you play the game and you're like, yeah, oh, this is fucking great. sick. Yeah. Like, the low roar comes in and you get goosebumps. Like, it's amazing. But a movie? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, if it had Norman Reedus and Mads, I'd, uh, I'd get on it. I don't yeah. know. I'd check it out, at the very least. Who knows? More Kojima news. <laughs> we love this man and his machinations. <laughs> uh, there is a Metal Gear Solid collection confirmed for Nintendo Switch. Oh. So that collection, which has um, Metal Gear, Metal Gear 2, Solid Snake, Metal Gear Solid, Metal Gear Solid 2, Metal Gear Solid 3, um, and Snake's Revenge, is coming to the Switch. No way. Which is that package that you've always been able to buy for the PlayStation 3, play on the 4. I have it. It's great. Um, right, 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 right. But this one also comes with uh, videos. <laughs> what does and, this mean? And uh, digital books. Oh, God. And um, a couple of other little bits of bobs. There's graphic novels in here. Metal Gear Solid graphic novel. Metal Gear Solid 2 graphic novel. Um, <laughs> screenplay book for Metal Gear Solid. Oh, hell yeah. A master book for Metal Gear Solid. All right. I don't know what a master book is. No. I and mean... then one of those for each of the entrants in the game, of the games. So yeah, there's Metal Gear games coming to something other than PlayStation for the first time. That's good. People are saying that uh, Metal Gear Solid 4, I know that this is a adjacent bit of news that I haven't confirmed yet, but Metal Gear Solid 4 will be coming to other platforms other than PlayStation very soon. Just please make it happen. You yes. can only play that game on the PS3. I know, it's absurd. It's Up until very recently, it's been really hard to play the old Metal, Metal Gear games. Legit. Metal Gear Solid games. Um, Legit. I think like one is on uh, GOG or something absurd <laughs> like that. Yeah, like, okay. What a sentence. <laughs> one is on GOG. Um, yeah, so, you know, do with that info what you will. I'm pretty keen for to play Metal Gear again. Yeah, I would happily play the entire series again. That was one of the best gaming experiences of my life. Yeah, for sure. Hell yeah. Sick. You got any more news? Yeah, yeah. Um, all right. My final chicken wing is about Star Citizen. Mm -hmm. uh, not to be confused with Starfield, which is that oh, yes. new Bethesda thing. This is like that space game that was like kickstarted and has been in development for over a decade. Yeah. Um, I think you had a bit of news a couple of weeks back where they had a, a huge war. Oh, that was a different game, but yes. I'm right. Okay. Well, I, I, yeah, similar vibe to that space game, like game. Yep. space, MMO, huge wars. Yes. Um, so to date, this game has cost 580 million US dollars. Still not more than Grand Theft Auto 6. Um, not more than Grand Theft Auto 6. Isn't that interesting? Because I've got some um, costs here mm -hmm. for big AAA games. Give me with those costs, baby. Okay. Grand Theft Auto 5, 137 million. Red Dead Redemption 2, 170 million. Yeah, okay, not there. Cyberpunk 2077. Oh, God, I shudder to know. 174 million. I think it's going to be more than that these days with all the extra work they've been doing. Right. That's you know, just the kind initial of... Initial production. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Initial production for Cyberpunk. But interesting that like this Kickstarter game 
costs more than all of those games combined. Yeah. And this, you know, this these costs are not including marketing because right. Grand Theft Auto V's development, just the development costs were $137 million. I think they, like, spent $300 million on oh. marketing. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Marketing is... Marketing is a big deal. <laughs> I'm so sad. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, and then what was it? Um, Grand Theft Auto 6 budget was also quite beefy. Apparently it's like in the billion. This, oh, Jesus. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I think I heard read $1.2 billion wow. for Grand Theft Auto 6. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, you know, they make more than that every year on microtransactions. Oh, so, my God. You know, yeah. I mean, I guess good for them like if that is the case and that's development costs that's not marketing i shudder to think what the marketing budget is and what the marketing like marketing will be (laughs) for grand theft auto 6 yeah god we've rented the entirety of san francisco downtown (laughs) baby no traffic walk around our giant exhibition of grand theft auto and take part in the arpg oh god live role-playing experience everyone gets a gun (laughs) <laughs> You've already got guns, never mind. Oh my god. Um, yeah, look, I think we're gonna be sick of Grand Theft Auto 6 before it even comes oh, out. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got a final piece of news from myself here. Uh EA is splitting into two separate organizations. Oh. Yes. Whoa. This is this is is this medium sized? This is medium sized. I did <laughs> right. tell you I'd have two small and one medium or two medium. Um so yeah, they're splitting into EA Sports and EA Entertainment. Oh, okay. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, it does. Um, so yeah, they're just gonna. They've said it's uh, to give EA Studios leaders with uh, more creative creative ownership and financial accountability, make faster and more insightful decisions around development and release strategies, which is just corporate jargon for we think it's gonna work better. Yeah, we think it's gonna make <clears throat> us more money. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So obviously, you know, like. Apex Legends, Star Wars, all that stuff will be under entertainment and all of their other, you know, uh, you know, EA Sports titles. What do they do? NBA? They do fucking FIFA. Do they do FIFA these days? I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. I think FIFA for the longest time was someone else and now it's EA. Anyway. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I mean, they do soccer, they do basketball, they do all the weird American sports like NHL. And that's a huge sports that hundreds of millions of people love. They do them every year. New one every year. They do. It boggles my mind. They do. I can't imagine what it's like working long term in one of those studios. That's just like, guess what, guys? New Year. Same game, baby. <laughs> Rinse and repeat. Let's go. Yeah. I got a bud, a good bud that doesn't play video games, but buys FIFA every year. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure there's heaps of people like that that are just like going to get the new... The AFL game. Oh, that's an Australian studio that makes AFL, AFL games. There's an AFL game? There is, yeah. Oh, I would love to play an AFL game. I think it's done by Big Ant or Wicked Witch. I can't remember which. Okay. I don't think it's very good. <laughs> I still want to play it. I say quietly to the bike. I'm sure it's fine. <laughs> I still want to play it. Yeah, yeah. I think it's got like the diehard fans. You know, most games that are released with big sports stuff behind them always find a market yeah. or find an audience. Yeah. Uh, that's all the news I got, baby. Hell yeah. Uh, normally, I got a little clock in my little recording thing. Tell me how long we've been going. Could have been three hours. I don't know how, don't know how long we've been going today. Do you want to? Do you want to know? No. Keep yes. it a secret. All right. <laughs> Keep it safe. We got a clandestine timer going down right now. <laughs> yeah, it's going down this time. It's not going. It's not <laughs> yeah. counting up. Like we will run out of time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the mic's just shut off. <laughs> hey, friendos. It's Daz. 
just wanted to give you all a heads up that we are going to be spoiling the living heck out of Fear and Hunger. So if you are wanting to go in super blind for this one, which is something that both Joe and I recommend, maybe just save this one for later. But otherwise, get ready to head into the darkness and enjoy. Holy shit. We're finally here. Oh my God. We, we have been waiting to get to this point for weeks and weeks and weeks. I feel like I need a shot or something. <laughs> we, ne- like... we went so hard in that first week. I know. You were like, uh, we're going to play a game called Fear and Hunger. And I was like, yeah, sweet. All right. That's going to be our game club game this month. Like, yeah, fuck yeah. And then like the next day you're like, I started Fear and Hunger. And then the day after I was like, all right, I'll start it. And then we were just like, we've got so much to say about yeah, Fear and Hunger. <laughs> yeah, instantly. And then every episode for like four weeks was like, been playing a little bit of Fear and Hunger. Don't tell me about it. We hung out that one time outside of like podcast responsibility stuff. And we talked about it a little bit. Yeah. And then we were like, we got to stop. Yeah, yeah. We got to stop. Yeah. Because, you know, we're going to give too much away. Yeah. So back a couple of weeks, one o'clock back, you yeah. said you had a pretty epic spiel. I, I have the spiel. Okay. Um, so I got a spiel as well, but it's just a paragraph. Oh, beautiful. So should we start with mine and then like see how you... Yes, that how, sounds good. How, how you, I feel about how my you spiel. you like it? Yeah. Okay. All right. you, do you like it? All right, let's go. <laughs> okay. I'm ready. All right. <clears throat> Here we go. Exploring fear and hunger's titular dungeon is an unforgettable experience. Going in blind is a gift, a gift of immediate frustration and belated insight. The darkness and depravity of unending depths fester in your mind like an insidious comment from your mother. It was a comment about how you don't appear to be trying, but you try so hard. It sticks with you. You think of it when you try things, which is all the time. You begin to doubt your capabilities. Every now and again, you lean into it, daring the comment to drive your behavior. It begins to taint your actions. <laughs> Sometimes you consciously do what you understand to be the wrong thing just to see what might happen. You've developed a sort of morbid curiosity to push your morals to the edge. Occasionally you succeed and it's these victories that impel you to pick yourself up after ample failures. It's a grueling, unforgiving and ultimately rewarding ordeal. Wow, beautifully said. <laughs> you got a little clap for that one. Uh, oh my word. Beautifully said, beautifully written. Really good. Comment from your mother. Oh, that, stick, that sticks with you. It's just like, I couldn't have pictured a better um, uh, simile or metaphor. Oh my God. Yeah. It just, dude, when I started playing and I think I mentioned it, even though we did try and like keep tight lips mm-hmm. around this game, I like... It made me feel things yeah, like man. immediately. Like, I'm, I'm depressed, dude. <laughs> yeah. I got depression from the game we tried to play. Felt so bad. Yeah. Um, uh, hell yeah, man. Shall I do mine? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm... maybe cut in if you want to on this one, because it's quite long. Like, all right. Yeah. Well, well, maybe let's, oh my God. Okay. Wow. This is, this, is, this, I think this is going to be the rest of the episode. Like you reading that and me just like cutting in. We'll see how we go. All right. Uh, I'll try and not go super duper slow. Um, you ready? I'm ready. All right, let's go. Fear and Hunger opens cold like a Hitchcock movie. 
it asks you some frank questions. You play some role, roll some play, then it drops you in. No tutorials or helpful messages. It tells you when you're hungry. It tells you when your character's condition worsens. I crashed hard against, oh sorry, I crashed hard like a wave against the punishment in Fear and Hunger. Numerous times I came very close to giving up. I'm glad I did not. With a bare bones RPG maker visual style mixed with some fairly lo-fi art and UI, this game feels like something you'd find in a garage sale in the early 2000s, play for 20 minutes as a child, and then never tell anyone until your mid-30s when it resurfaces in some therapy session. The art feels like something you'd find in an angsty teen's diary. Okay, just quickly, sure. amazing. 100%. Like, that's exactly what it felt like, right? Mm-hmm. Like, this game is only, like, five years old. And, uh, yeah, it felt like the kind of thing that was super obscure, like, 30 years ago. Yeah. Yeah, it feels very, like... I remember there was a bunch of like old DOS games that I played that were super weird like this. Mm. It's, it's like, it's layers more than those, but it has that initial blush appearance of like, the fuck? Like, this is like, <laughs> I'm playing this garbage. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, like the art itself is like super. Again, at first it's like, this is kind of lo-fi, mm. but then as you go in, you kind of like nest yourself in this art and it feel, everything feels right. Mm. It's, it does that thing of like, it knows about cohesion. Mm. And so everything feels mm-hmm. like it matches in the world pretty much. Yeah. Um, which is good. It, and it doesn't stink too badly of the um, RPG maker, which right. I think is really possible for any game made. An RPG maker to stink of RPG maker. Totally. Totally. Um, I'll continue. A pack of dogs bark in the distance, and you could swear you've heard this barking sample somewhere before. Something in your lizard brain quakes. Your dog hates this sound. (laughs) At first, every encounter in fear and hunger is devastating. You can't fight the dogs. You can't fight the ogre. You can't even walk because you stepped on a rusty nail and die of an infection. Every creature is made up of many parts. Each damage-dealing part has its own turn. It's horrid. You, can't, you can target certain parts, but often you'll predict yourself dying far easier than you'll predict a hit or miss on a flailing tentacle limb or a head. Mm. I fell down a toilet. I could not get out. I was <laughs> now, forced. Now, hold on. Yes. Hold on. You crawled down a toilet. <laughs> I chose you, to go down a toilet. You did not fall down, because I did exactly the same thing. Oh, I, yes, fine. I, did, <laughs> I, I chose to see what was down the toilet hole, and then I fell. <laughs> I fell hard. Um, uh, I could not get out. I was either forced to wait for an infection to kill me or take my own life. What a moment. Sad, dull, pointless, a waste. It was art. I thought that was a really beautiful moment, falling down the toilet. I was like, you got to be fucking kidding me. It's just walls covered in shit and yeah. you can't get out. It's actually one of the first things I did. Yeah, right. And I was like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's just like, to me, that's like something you'd find on a wall at Mona, you know? Mm, like, it's just so just totally stupid. Like, <laughs> yeah. Any any modern game designer would be like, hey, what if we put a toilet in this game where if the player interacted with it and chose to go inside, that's it, that's game over for them. Right. Everyone would be like, what the fuck? No. Like, that's so bad. But this game's just like unflinchingly like have one of those. Right. And it's always at the start of the dungeon. Like, yeah. I feel like you know the developer knew what they were doing they were just like yeah this is it's important that players can do this immediately yeah, yeah. there will be holes you can choose in this game <laughs> some of them good some of them bad oh god um which is true <laughs> yeah uh, yeah exploration is the core of fear and hunger 
you must brave the dankest, grossest edges of all of the environments if you are to learn as much as you can between runs. You must, lest you miss a key, or a chest, or an NPC, or a shortcut, or a toilet to fall in, slash crawl in. The dungeon rearranges itself between three or four different variations of itself each time you die. And I, I didn't realize this until you watched me play that one time. Right. And you're like, the dungeons were different. And then I died and I realized, yeah, it is different. Mm. I don't know how many variations there are. Do you know? I I never saw an end to them. Right. So so I saw one ending mm-hmm. and I played with every character. Mm. And for every character, the dungeons were getting wackier and wackier. Right. And like, it really... It's probably what stopped me playing in the end. Right. And I think I had a similar approach to you where initially it was really frustrating. I was like, oh my God, like everything is just a wall that I can't get past the ogre, the dogs. And like, I think it takes a bit of recontextualization, right? Like it, things start off and you got a sanity meter and a hunger mm. and you're like, all right, I'm managing things. I'm trying to survive for as long as possible. But eventually I was like, man, I should just start trying to learn things. Yeah. And that recontextualization made me start enjoying it because yeah. it wasn't like, you know, I want to see the ending. It was like, all right, I'm going to die, but what can I learn for the next run? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that that sort of experimentation is where this game really thrives, big time. Um, which it doesn't necessarily show to you straight away. Like this game no. sort of is like doesn't hand you any set of keys. <clears throat> it's not like this is an exploration game. It's just like off you go. Mm. Um, yeah, it, uh, exploration and experimentation is not encouraged, but it is the highlight of the experience. Right. Right, like uh, what the fuck, yeah, you know? Yeah. Every every designer is like, so this is what you don't do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it still does it. In, in it. I'll get to it. Uh, <laughs> this is a great write up, by the way. Great, thoroughly okay, enjoying this. I'm glad we're we're managing to talk in between my ramblings. <laughs> uh, learning is done by experimentation and dying. Dying can be short and sweet, or it can be long and harrowing. The beds act as save rooms. They are glorious and also a potentially run ending, save for a select few situations. I mean, do we talk about saving? It might be a good time. Uh, let me just see. I'll get to this last bit and then we'll talk about saving. All right. Sometimes you think you've died only to be dragged away and disposed of like trash. You crawl with no legs. It's slow. Everything is faster than you. Your options dwindle. Sometimes the guards sexually assault your character. Sometimes you learn what the hobbies, sorry. Sometimes you learn what hobbies the lizard man has. We can talk about saving. All right. Um... Yeah, and that shit's terrifying. Yeah. That's like that's like getting into the stuff that was start, start you know, we felt oppressive mm. and I was like, "Oh wow, this game is going there." Mm. But I should say that there's no deeper commentary no. about the fucked up shit that you can see in this game. And I think the game is much better for it. Yeah, right. They've just fully committed to a dark fantasy setting. And they're and and it's just for the setting. Yeah, they're right. not trying to say like Some you know humanity has gone down the drain because this is the way we treat children or right. blah 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 blah. It's just like this is the dungeon of fear and hunger, and you are going to go insane and want to take your own life. Yeah, and right. and like that felt really impactful yeah. because it was unpretentious, mm. right? It wasn't like you know. This is the commentary about blah, blah, blah. It's like, this place is fucked. Yeah. <laughs> and you get to experience why that is. Yeah. I, I agree. I, I, I talk about that a little bit later. 
Um, but on the opposite end, I felt upon reflection that some of that stuff felt just a little bit egregious, you know, like it was a little bit too over the top for me. Maybe it could have had some amount of like, just a, a little bit more contextualization of it, you know, like, cause mm. it was like, suddenly it was just happening, you mm. know, and it wasn't like, oh, I've seen this happen somewhere earlier to something else or like, I don't really know what the correct solution for this style of content is, mm. um, but I agree with you and I think you're right, but I also think like it was a little bit on the nose sometimes or like too much sometimes, like totally. over the top. Totally. I think that's super fair Yeah. because um, it's, it's really heavy shit yeah. and like it made me, you know, close my laptop lid yeah. and walk around thinking and being like, I'm not feeling really good right now. Yeah. <laughs> There's like an anal bleeding status effect in this game. Like, yeah. I don't think that's really doing much, you know? Like, I think it's just like for the joke or whatever. And at that point, I'm like, I'm kind of out. Right. Yeah. Um, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I think that's super fair. Yeah. Um, uh, but to rewind, talk about saving. Yes. Um, some of the most intense situations I found myself in yes. were flipping a coin to be able to save the game. Oh yeah. The coin flipping. Yeah. So I'm like, saving. oh my God. So I think, um, I think for me, oh my God, there's a poster behind Joe and it's just started unpeeling. The poster's out. The poster's like, this content is fucking <laughs> It's too much. <laughs> it's too much. I think it's because I'm quite warm a lot of the time. Oh, and so I'm melting the blue tack behind me. Right. Wow. Yeah. Hot you, boy. Are, you are a bit of a hottie. Let's not, <laughs> let's not beat around the bush. Um, yeah, and so to save in this game, you need to find a bed mm -hmm. and it gives you a little uh, bit of dialogue that's like, this bed is unsafe as fuck. Mm -hmm. And to successfully save, you need to flip a coin. Oh, well, to be honest, it doesn't say that. It just says, would you like to save? And then it's like heads or tails. Some, uh, some beds, it, there's options. Saving is very broad in this game. I found mm. three different kinds. Oh, okay. Maybe a fourth. Mm -hmm. um, the first one is there's a, I think it's that is you just can find a bed to save in. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you'll find a bed and it will be like, you feel like you're being watched. Would you like to save? Mm -hmm. Which I think is, it means it will potentially trigger the crow to come and attack you. Mm -hmm. um, and then there's another one, which is the bed feels safe. You can sleep here. Right. And there's no, there's no coin flip for that one. Is there? Uh, no, you just get to sleep. Mm. Um, and there is a fourth one. So yeah, the safe bed is safe for one time only. Right. Um, apart from another bed that you find, there's five. Um, and then there's a, <laughs> an item that you can find that lets you save. Right. The book of enlightenment. Book of enlightenment. Mm -hmm. Um, there is, uh, another bed that you find, which is infinite safe, safe sleeps. Oh. Which I don't know if you found. I didn't. No. Um, and then there's a tower that you find, which is the same as the Book of Enlightenment. It's just one once off save. No shit. Yeah. So, I mean, at the at the end of your spiel, I'm very excited to talk through just yeah. our experience and the ending yeah, yeah. we got because I think we had a very different experience. Totally. I'll continue. <laughs> uh, starting again fresh in Fear and Hunger is the pool on the slot machine. The lottery ticket, the scratchy, you might win, but most likely not. Your eyes glisten with the lessons you have learned. You curse your terrible luck as you die with good gear on an infection you had no potion or herb to heal with. The new game screen fades in. You contemplate your actions in the last run and try again. Maybe it will be better. Maybe it will be better. It almost certainly won't be. 100%. Mm. And like this game does not give you the good 
feeling start a run again. No. Like... It's like, I'd rather not try again. Thank you very much. But you do. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, you do. You do. I was quite keen, especially when, I, when you know, it had its tendrils in me. Mm. I think one of the places this game suffers, though, is in the starting of a new game. Mm. I, starting entirely fresh, you mean? Yeah, yeah starting yeah. entirely fresh. Um, and did you play on other difficulties or just just that one apart from that one time you were watching me play and yeah. i played the harder mode or something yeah yeah, yeah yeah okay um so like i did two characters where i i played on the harder difficulties mm-hmm. where there's no light like the dungeons oh, yeah. are completely black and you've got to like torch manage and stuff and that was like really impressive and cool but like when you start a run there's like so much looting you need oh, to yeah. do and it's like, not good looting yeah, yeah it's like really boring and i get that it can be tense like if you get an infection in the dungeon and you don't have like the required items mm-hmm. to to cure that infection then you've got to go looting and it forces you to like you know kind of be a bit more like whatever in your approach, you know, you just yeah. want to run somewhere to try and fix this infection. But like, yeah, ultimately I was just a bit annoyed in yeah. the end by having to loot all this stuff every time I wanted to start a new run. I think there's, for me, there's a couple of solutions for that, but yeah, I agree. I think like that first zone you're in, I looted so many times mm. and like got so many different items and I was like, what the fuck? Um, <laughs> And then there's just like, you get into this habit of just like every box you see, you click on. Mm. It's not good design. Mm. <laughs> um, mm. I think like maybe there should be in some of the role playing at the start, you get a chance to pick like what weapon you have or whether you've got some healing potions. Mm. It might be nice as well to be able to pick a little bit of a loadout to be like, hey, you know, maybe you played this before and you know what stuff you want to get. Right. So X yeah. amount of blue herbs, X amount of blue, red herbs. Maybe you can toss a coin for it. I don't know. But yeah, there should be some way to just like make it less looting. The other way I thought I was thinking was potentially you could have less lootable boxes and crates, um, but just give you more. Right. I think I think that would work. Maybe yeah. is even just like a mode you could select. Yeah, be- a be- mod. Maybe someone's modded it that way. Potentially heavily modded game. Yeah. You can you can play this game with a lot of the um, gory stuff and sexual stuff turned off. Right. That's good. So that's good. Um, it doesn't make it that much better though. It's still it's still there. Yeah, right. It's still hectic. Yeah. Um, you wonder is anyone? Uh, you wonder how anyone was supposed to figure out anything in this game? I probably stolen some knowledge from somewhere. YouTube probably. Does it matter? This game is cruel and full of random chances at death. It feels valid, given enough time. I probably would have figured out some of it anyway. Mm. Fear and hunger have stolen my heart. I was enjoying strolling through Hyrule Field, watching the sunset, cooking nourishing meals. Now I'm obsessed with necromancy. Somehow my still-alive party and the mind map I've built of the dungeon uh, and where this horrid journey will someday end. I was having a great time in Zelda and Fear and Hunger came along and was like, actually, you like sadness, don't you? (laughs) And then here I am. Oh, shit. Yeah. Um, at a certain point, this is, we're going to talk about saves again here briefly. Uh-huh. At a certain point, your save file becomes powerful enough to propel you into the end game. Mm-hmm. The moment I realized this was bliss, most enemies become manageable. New creatures are fodder for your learning machine. Uh, you know your save is golden even if you do die and almost relish the opportunity to experiment. Mm, this is yeah. the ultimate trick fear and hunger plays. It's trump card. 
at first you're weak, everything kills you horribly, there's nothing you can count on, no knowledge, no juicy save state waiting for you. The game shows you who is boss, and then you slowly become the boss. That's great. I, I agree 100%. That is fear and hunger strength. Like, that feeling where you're, like, midway through a run and you do all this shit that's, like, pretty dicey and then you get a save, yeah. you're just like, I am on top of the world right yeah. now. Yeah, and that's a good save. You're like, your party's full of health. Mm. You've got lots of items still. Mm -hmm. You've got good, good weapons. Mm -hmm. You're just like, this save, end game save. <laughs> and then the game keeps going <laughs> and you realize it wasn't an end game save. <laughs> but you can always go back to it if you need to, which is good. Mm, totally. And having those, like, little gold points are, like, really good. Yeah. Um, sorry, I lost where I am. <laughs> He's turned into a sheep. I I bah. promise you, right before my eyes. Uh, then slowly you become the boss. Your party is wild, and you earned them, equipped them with the best stuff. Your own gear is legendary, and you pried it from the dead claws of the toughest foes. Now, even though your characters still hunger and your resources still dwindle, you're able to trial and error without too much concern. This repeats as you stray further and further from that save. You start to think, damn, this run might get hard to repli uh, replicate if I don't get another save soon, and the walls start to close in again. Funger is not a game that I recommend. It's not really fun. Funger made my friend depressed. <laughs> Funger can make can be over the top. Oh, oh the, the poster got me. <laughs> it's attacking me. My, my opinions. Uh, uh, Fear and hunger made my friend depressed. Fear and hunger can be over the top in its themes without the narr narrative justification. Funger has no pointlessness. Sorry, Funger has pointlessness, rough edges, and doesn't respect the player. Yet Funger is good. It holds forth, forth this notion, similar but different to a Souls game, that the player must be moulded. You can only be a lech for so long before you accept your fate and pour your battered pulpy remains into the mould the game has for you all along uh, and harden into something else, something very different from when you started. Uh, anything else? There? This is so good, by the way. I'm okay. just sitting here. And, like, I just, I mean, I just have to say real quick, mm. like, the fear and hunger ball app.net review is live. And oh, I just really? need to say that because you've said such similar oh, stuff wow. to what I said in my review. So awesome. like <laughs> just a heads up, I'm not like copying yeah, you yeah. word for word. Oh, no. Very good. That's, that's interesting. Yeah. That's really cool that like yeah. we had like really similar opinions. Though. Mm -hmm. It took me a while to come up with this sort of like final bit. Cause I was like, how do we round this out? I want to say that it's like good, but it's not good at the same time in mm -hmm. some way. Mm -hmm. I talk a little bit how like souls kind of does the same thing. Mm -hmm. And I thought like, yeah, there's this mold that this game kind of has for you hidden somewhere in it. And that like, once you kind of find it, you just like take your remains and pour yourself into the mold. And then suddenly you're like able to play the, play the game right the way that it wants you to. Totally. Totally. Um, and I think that's cool. I think it's interesting when games do that. And this game does that. Yeah. Uh, bah, 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 bah. Funger, I've written Funger a lot here at the end. I'm just going to keep saying Fear and Hunger because Funger... No, Funger's so good. Funger? Yeah, <laughs> I love Funger. Funger right. fucking rules. Funger morphed me in the final days of playing and not in a good way. Perhaps it was because of the podcast. Like I knew that I was going to have to record soon. Mm -hmm. um, perhaps it's because I ran out of patience with it. Either way, I morphed. I was lost. And after defeating, a, defeating an especially challenging boss, I died due to an infection I had no potion for and I was tempted to take this as my canon ending. Mm. Um, which was my 
uh, with the way my horror journey came to a close, which now in writing this, I believe was my personal ending. Mm, cool. Uh, believe me when I tell you, I got mega lost. I had two boss souls and had no idea where to find the last one. Turns out it was behind a door that needed a puzzle to be solved. I watched a YouTube video, a uh, YouTuber solved the puzzle and copied their solution. I headed down to the depths of the Grand Library and was greeted by the final of the main bosses. I looked into the wiki because I was tempted to save beforehand. Nothing in the wiki prepared me for what was about to happen. The boss, the boss one-shotted me and my entire party back to the title screen, uh, which meant I would have had to go back and defeat the second boss again. Oh my god. That was my last save state. I could have saved it, but I didn't. I thought, I'll, I'll just, my party's pretty strong. I'll be able to do this final boss. Oh, I was my... like, I was running out of patience, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and at that point, I'd already looked up a solution. I was like, so lost. Right. So I was like, all of this kind of feels like it doesn't count anymore because I've like looked something up. Up until this point, apart from that one YouTube video I'd watched, I kind of had been figuring it out as I like, Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and that that is totally where the spice is in yeah, this game. It's totally. like being totally blind and not knowing what the fuck is going on. I will say there is one thing I recommend players do look up though, and we'll get there. Okay. Right. Uh, uh, next, I shut the game down calmly and made a list of things that needed to do better in order to return to that point. Oh. Um, but once that list was complete, I felt the joy I had for the game melt into the keyboard. <laughs> I looked up the ending on YouTube that I would have got if I had defeated the final boss. Oh, okay. And that was it. And that was and that was how I ended Fear and Hunger. No shit. Wow. Great write up. Maybe your best. That was incredibly <laughs> enjoyable. Yeah. It was a long one, dude. I, I remember, like, I wrote ninety percent of that after that first play session. Wow. Or the first big play session that I had with it. Yeah. Yeah. It's so. an evocative game. Yeah. It gets you thinking. Yeah. For sure. Um. So I will say before we talk about our individual stories with the game and uh -huh. what we ended up how ending our yeah. endings that we got. Yeah. Yeah. Um. The one item that I recommend players looking up. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's called an empty scroll. Okay. You probably found one or two of these. Mm -hmm. They're pretty rare. Mm -hmm. um, and you get them from searching in bookcases. Empty scroll. You can go to the wiki, type in fear and hunger, empty scroll. Mm -hmm. These items are very good and very important. What do they do? And they will basically make the game way less shit for you. Right. Um, it's It's a scroll that you can type in my lord enter mm -hmm. give enter no any item in the game oh what the fuck and you can get any item you want no um, i didn't spend too long looking at the wiki about all of the items mm -hmm. i was basically like just give me another book of enlightenment so i can save right um and there's also grant my, my god or god grant and then any spell in the game and so you can just get no shit Right. Um, I don't think I did that though. Or I did it on one of my other runs. I think it gave my ability, uh, my character the ability to run really fast or move through the world really fast. Oh, that's pretty good. Just like a sprint ability. Yeah, that's good. Which you can get at the beginning of the game by just rolling your character a certain way. Right, yeah. I, so. I noticed that rolling lots of different characters that like, you know, you, the starting situation can be pretty different. Totally. So tell me about your run. Oh man. Okay. So like... I guess a, a couple of like lightning round notes um, for me, like when you start a run and the 
music mm-hmm. starts and it zooms in mm. on the fear and hunger text. Mm. That shit is amazing. It's beautiful. That's really well done. Oh my god, it's <laughs> it's so simple, but it just establishes everything. Yeah. Like it, it put me on edge straight yeah. away. Yeah. And like every time I started a run, I wanted to see it. I was like, yeah, get mm-hmm. me feeling all weird. Yep. Yep. <laughs> totally. Um, playing with headphones. Mm-hmm. I only played with headphones. Me too. Yeah. And right, yeah, and it was pretty. Like I think it elevated things. Mm. Um, to a degree. Yep. There was some jank audio in there for sure. Jank audio and like super compressed yeah. and the same audio. Oh my God. Yep. So where initially I was scared sometimes it turned into laughter. Cause like, right. you know, the same scream and be like, and you'd yeah. be like, all right. <laughs> like it just sounded exactly the same. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So, all right. My run. So, um, I first started a run where I was a cannibal and I was playing on easy mode Mm -hmm. and, um, I ate, I was like, all right, we're going to role play because this is some fucked up shit. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, some of the stories that you start, you know, when you, when you roll a character, you like make all these choices with Mm -hmm. like little story choices and some of them are fucked. Yeah. They're pretty dark. Um, (laughs) so like the first guy was a cannibal and I was like, all right, I'm just going to eat everything. And so like, I like spent a couple of hours just like eating everyone. I didn't realize that there was a loot mechanic. I didn't realize right. you could loot people because you get the eat option yeah, first, first and yeah. then you don't get it. So like I, I fucked around and then like during the playthrough of that character, I didn't get that far. Um, like I maybe found the orgy. Oh, wow. That's quite far. Right. Okay. Right. So for, for me, that like... That was at the start. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, and um, yeah, I was like, all right, I'm going to roll a new character mm-hmm. and like still on easy mode. And like, I, I get what this game's about. Right. I'm just going to try and learn. And so I rolled a new character and the dungeon was completely fucking different. Right. And I was like, so oh God, yeah. like I'm lost. Do all this shit. But what, what eventually happens is I like, you know, I free the, the child mm-hmm. and like I do a bunch of basic stuff. I'm going all right. I go past the orgy. Mm-hmm. I take down a few dogs. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm getting really lucky. Yeah, like right. my guy had a really high luck stat that I think was like story dependent when, right. you, when you roll him at the start. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I was just critting all over the place and I was like, this is the run. Oh, yeah. Um, and so I went to this tree. I went to this tree and um, I kept falling down. Yeah. I like just keep on falling and all the levels were getting weirder. Yeah. Like one of the coolest things from that run was like, I fell down this tree and I found this like sword in a stone. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I was like, Oh fuck. Yeah. It's like a really decent sword, much better than what I had. And, um, it, it turned out that this sword belonged to a ghost and the ghost would like chase you. (laughs) And, uh, for the rest of that run, I used that sword. I just kept running from the ghost and it kept working. So like it was all right, but I thought that was really cool. You know, that was one of those things where I was like, Oh man, you, you know, it's it's outside of the RPG maker constraints yeah. or like it feels unique somehow. Yep. Um, and so I keep going down and uh, I get to the very bottom and I'm like, it turned the tree turns weird. It's like there's all this kind of gothic architecture down Whoa. there. And I'm like, all right. And the 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 little girl is like, I'm 
I'm, I can't go on. Like I don't have enough sanity and I'm like, Oh fuck. I don't have, you know, you use whiskey and ale and stuff to like, and Oh, I never found that. Um, uh, yeah. So I didn't have any item to cure her sanity. So, So she was like right at the fucking bottom. And I think it's like level seven or level eight of this, of this depth in the tree. And, um, I'm like, oh my God, all right, I'm going to go exploring. And like, I'm exploring through this Gothic architecture and I find the dude that I needed to rescue. Lagarde. Right. The whole reason I went to the dungeons wow. of fear and hunger. I know where you came out. Yes. Right. Wow. And that, and he was dead. Yes. And um, it was just like, you know, the girl was dead. Uh, sorry, insane. I was like out of items. And then it's like, all right, Lagarde is dead. You've got to get out of the dungeon. Oh. And um, the getting out of the dungeon was one of the most amazing experiences. Wow. It was harrowing. Yeah. I was like bleeding and like <laughs> sanity low. And yeah, I got yeah. all the way out. Wow. And um, I was like, oh, my God. I did it. I got out and like, I got the ending cut scene. Oh, right. It started playing and it's like, you know, despite failing your quest, you, 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 you got out, but after a while it, it maybe isn't as clear. Like the outside world does, isn't like you remember. Yeah. And then it like fades to the dungeons and you've just gone insane. Oh my God. You haven't actually gotten oh out at God. all. What a great and, ending. and you're just down there. Oh, and I was just That's like, so good. oh, fuck. And it felt like so satisfying yeah. because leaving, even though I failed, leaving the dungeon was really, really exciting. Yeah. I was like, oh, my God, I'm, I'm going to get out. Like, despite everything, despite all the bullshit and fucked up shit I saw, I'm going to escape. Yep. And, like, I escaped, but not really. Wow. And I was like, oh, damn. Right. Wow. <laughs> That's such a cool ending. Yeah. Um, dude, my playthrough was so different. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't fight um, any bosses. Yeah, right. I never even found a boss. Wow. Um, okay. <laughs> I love that playthrough for you, by the way. The tree, you went all the way down to the bottom level, which I didn't even realize linked. I, I knew, so at that bottom level, uh-huh. I, I hung out there because I found that, that basement area with the Gothic architecture too. Right. Um, and I found the guard, obviously, but I, I remember like exploring around there because I didn't know where to go next. Um, and there is a section in there that's like, looks like the tree. Right. And I was like, maybe this is where the bottom of the tree is. There, there you, go. you go. Yeah. Um, so yeah, my character who I played pretty much exclusively was the um, Enki, the dark priest. Right. And she has an, an ability, which uh, I think she always gets, mm-hmm. unless you choose a very specific choice at the start of her roleplay, which... I don't know why you would do because she's the only one who can learn it from the role play, right. which is um, necromancy. Okay. Um, so that means any skeleton that you find, any skeleton that you find, there's like a poster just like attacking me in the corner. <laughs> yeah. This, like over the last 40 minutes, this poster has just been slowly moving towards Joe. <laughs> yeah. <and> like... <laughs> Encroaching on me. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. You can, you can resurrect any skeleton you can find. And give them any weapons that you have. They don't have a... They have a sanity meter, but I don't think it matters. And they have no food meter, so you don't need to feed them. Oh, my God. They're really good. Um, You can also resurrect ghouls. 
So the ghoul that you find in the prison, actually, um, he's on all four. Uh, on yeah, crawling Oh, around. is that a ghoul? Yeah, that's a ghoul. Oh, that dude. You resurrect those guys. Okay. There's several of them in the start of the zone, or two that I can think of right now in the start. Mm-hmm. That even if he's on his uh, on on his arms and hands and knees, when you resurrect him, he's standing again. So you don't right. have to worry about that. Oh, that's awesome. I don't know if you saw. <sighs> when you were playing, there was a couple of summoning circle looking things or like... I, I ran into those like, and like you could pray to gods. You could, pray to gods. You could so like sacrifice to gods. In one of my playthroughs, I killed the child. Yep. I like sacrificed her. And Older? like, yeah. Yep. And I was just like, I'm going to not play for a while. Yeah. Like, why the fuck did they put a child in this game? Yeah. Yeah. So the child, well, okay. Um, so, uh, I had seen this before, so I knew this would happen, but I think this is also something that I would have found um, in my, on my own. Right. Which I kind of wish I had found on my own. Mm-hmm. So from this point, I mean, this whole... We should, maybe should we, we should do like a spoiler warning at the start of the episode or something, because we're going to spoil this game. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. I can yeah. maybe do it. I can record one. Sure. But uh, if you have a ghoul in your party from resurrecting it, you can show love to the ghoul. Oh, you, you bang the you ghoul? You bang the ghoul. Ew. And in doing so, if you do it on the summoning circle, which is pretty much the only place you can do it, you merge with the ghoul. Is that what that was? Because you sent me a screenshot yeah. and I was like, who is that marriage? Yeah. What the fuck? So there's Ew. like an unholy marriage that happens because you have an allegiance to the... There's three old gods, Ulmer... Sylvian or Cillian or something, and another one that I can't remember. Uh-huh. Ulmer is like the god of destruction, uh-huh. and um, their counterpart, Sylvian, is the god of um, love and um, resurrection and sex and all that sort of stuff. Right. Like when I took part in the orgy, a Sylvian was, was like, pleased. Yeah. was like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so this game is all about those old gods, basically. Right. Um, yeah, so that happened, and I was like, hell yeah. Um, you become really strong as a result. You get, like, one really muscly arm, and you can break down doors now. Oh, what? Yeah. You know how you can, like, attack a door, and it's like, party's too weak to get through the door? Yeah. Now you can get through doors. Nice shit. From there, I went back to where you saw me playing in that area with the bird enemy in the underground. Oh, uh, yeah. Yep, yep, um, yep. The weird stone bird lady. Yep. Killed her. Went into the mines because mm-hmm. that's where I knew that I had to go next. Mm-hmm. It's like fuck yeah, I'm just gonna check out some mines. Um, there's a couple of magic dudes in there who you bounced right off of because right. they like take your limbs away. Right. So these magic dudes, like you don't even enter combat. They like you're your just limbs. walking around and your arms start disappearing. Yeah. And like that happened to me once, and I was like, all right, I guess I'm not gonna go that way. <laughs> yeah. So you can like sprint right up to them and start a battle and they're actually pretty weak as long as you are strong enough to kill them or like take their arms away or whatever. So they can't do magic spells. Right. Um, so I killed a few of those guys. Then the dark presence entered the room. Oh, a terrifying, terrifying presence. presence. Has... Oh, fuck. Can we talk about that for a yeah. moment? Because that, you know, you. it's funny because you mentioned like Hitchcock earlier mm. and that's like the most Hitchcockian thing mm-hmm. ever is yeah. you can expect something to happen yeah and it's just like when you're like you know in this dungeon and even if you're in a good space all the all all the 
all the lads, mm-hmm. all the lads and lasses, they got like good hunger, they mm-hmm. got good sanity. But when it says a terrifying presence entered the room, I'm just like, fuck, We're gonna fuck, get out of the room. fuck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. So the terrifying presence is uh, the crow mauler. Right. Which is this enemy who has a crow head and a, uh, like a long mace on their left arm. Mm. And I think they have on their right arm as well. I can't remember. It's it's fucked. Anyway, it's not it's not a good vibe. They can one shot members in your party, and they can one shot you. They just peck your head, and you die. Right, and that's the run. That that happened to me once. Yeah. Mm. Um, but there is a door earlier in the dungeon that if you click on it, it's like this door has a weird crow shaped key. Did you ever see that door? Oh no. I'm finding that door and thinking. This gotta be good. <laughs> I knew the crow mauler was a crow, or the crow mauler was a crow character, right? Uh-huh, uh-huh, so you uh-huh. kill the crow mauler. You killed the crow mauler. Kill the crow mauler. Holy shit! Which isn't that hard to do if you've got. I had my marriage character who had a pretty song, a pretty strong sword. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a skeleton, and I had the girl who knew dark orb. Oh shit! Oh, the girl learns magic. The girl can learn spells, and you can give her little weapons too. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Um. So yeah, I took down the crow mauler. Oh, I also had a dog at the time. You can get that dog character. Right. Moonless. Yeah. Which you find in the cave just before the mines. Mm-hmm. You like throw a stick and give them some meat and they become a member of your party. Mm. Really cool character. I'm so gutted when I lost Moonless. Um, yeah. So I killed Chromewaller, but I lost Moonless. He drops a key. You go open the door and in there is like a huge pile of corpses in this horrible, stinky, bloody room. And there's a sword sticking out the top of the pile of corpses take the sword and it's like one of the best weapons in the entire game (laughs) oh my god and this sword like speaks to you it like puts this filter on the screen and it's like blood i hunger for blood give me blood no way it's very cool but if your sanity gets low enough you will kill a random member of your party oh with the sword because it's like speaking to you it hungers for blood that's fucking sick yeah really cool um Anyway, so I was like, all right, I'm equipped. Go back through the mines. There's like this weird village uh, with like cave people in it who like have rocks and it's a little bit racist maybe. I don't know. Um, <laughs> they're living in the little huts. Right. Um, and the other reason that I, that I went this particular way after the caves was I went down to find Lagarde. The, the, one of the, in my first runs, um, I saw the, the, the bottom of the tree and Lagarde was dead. And I saw this huge door. Did you see this door down there? Yeah, I it's think like, so. There's like a square section yep. Yep. or like a recess that you need to put something in, obviously. Yeah. Yep. Open the door. And I was like, I haven't seen anything like that before. Mm. If you explore the village with the little weird dudes in their rocks, one of them has it in one of their huts. And you can take it back down to where Lagarde is uh-huh. and open the door. And there's a whole second game through that door oh my god (laughs) so sorry um yeah you go through there and you actually got to see the second game if you find one of the books it like teleports you there so that happened to me Mm. i like read this book and there's like i mean i don't know if there's a a lot of books but for me it felt like there are a lot of books that did different things and like i had to flip a coin to see if like the book would kill me or i'd learn a new spell um and so this one i was like oh yeah i read this book and like it sucks you into like another world and for me it was like super ethereal you know and i was like whoa and like 
there was a bunch of stuff there for me to loot and I, I looted everything and then yep. got to keep what I looted. And I was like, whoa, that was pretty cool. Yeah. That was like pretty dope. Yeah. Yeah. So you go there um, and with this cube, you can plug it into these like little spire things that are there and it winds back time. And so you've got basically two alternative universes to explore. One that's earlier and one that's kind of present. Oh my God, this is fucking awesome. I yeah. can't believe I didn't see any of this. Yeah. And so this is where a lot of the bosses are. Right. Um, there's like some really creepy enemies wandering around. Um, between different worlds, they change as well. Some paths are open between the new world and the old world. So you have to like navigate and solve little, little navigational puzzles to get around. Mm -hmm. um, which if you're like prone to getting lost like I am is hell. Mm. Um, I found this uh, lighthouse on the far east of that area. Climb the lighthouse, go up there. There's a little, there's a hut, like a tiny little hut, uh, which has a bed in it, which is one of the infinite save points where you can save and not worry about dying. Wow. Um, sleep in the hut, takes you in a flashback <laughs> and you get some story exposition and you find out who Lagarde was and what he wanted to do. Right. Um, so Lagarde, you can actually rescue Lagarde if you get there within 30 minutes. You have to get to him in 30, 30 minutes. minutes. Which I think is doable, but it's hard. Fuck, yeah. When in that run where I was getting super lucky, even though I didn't know where I was going, it was like, I think, an hour and 50 yeah. minutes. Yeah. You know, and th this is a game I probably put 10 or 12 hours into, but just the, all the runs were split up in their own way. I reckon if you could go and figure out how to get that running ability because you just move at twice the speed. Right. You can just run straight to him and run past all the guards. Like, right. You can escape guards with this ability. Mm. Um, you'd be able to do it pretty easily. Right. Lagarde is this guy who wants to become a new god. Okay. So in this world, there's the old gods, which are kind of like the actual god gods, you know, like the, how we imagine like Jesus or whatever to be. <laughs> right, right. And then there's the new gods, which are just dudes dudes who got real powerful right okay um, which is very dark soulsy i think <laughs> yeah for real um and there's like five of them or four of them and um yeah lagarde wants to like get rid of all of them and basically place himself as the main new god right um and so yeah you find about out about this in the flashback the flashback's actually really cool it takes you back into like before you go to the dungeon and before all of this shit happens and you see all of the playable characters, like you see Anki and you see, I don't know what the fuck their names are, but you yeah, see all of them yeah, yeah, and yeah. you get a little bit of story from all of them. Right. And the main one is Outlander. He's like the main ca canon character of the game. Right. Okay. And you see his past and it's of the village that was, his, his village that was slaughtered prior to going into the dungeon. To right. Look for the guard. And you like... I think you see his wife die or something. And then you go into his house and there's a little old lady in there and she turns into a horrible, she's called the skin grandma oh. <laughs> or the skin granny or something. Oh no, not and she's skin a granny. Boss. Oh um, God. Yeah. And so yeah, fought her, beat her. Uh, and then you're like wandering around that, that um, flashback area. And there's a bunch of different, like three different bosses you can find. One of the dudes who you speak to is like, I'm not going to let you through this door. You need to like go through ultimate suffering and bring back three souls basically. Right. Um, and so you get the soul of suffering from, you basically go and kill the new gods. Right. You no. kill three of the new gods. Oh no shit. Yeah. 
Well, this is so cool. Yeah. I'm, so, I'm so glad we had different playthroughs. I, I feel like I'm learning so much. Yeah. And so I think I like accidentally killed one of them um, because I was just, he was just wandering around in this area. <laughs> Maybe Dude, it, don't wander around like yeah. the dungeons of fear and hunger. He was just there. He was tough. And I was like, this guy's really strong. What the hell? And then I got like this soul from him. And I was like, all right, sick. Um, and then the main one, which was kind of the last boss that I fought was the, um, the new God of suffering. I can't remember what his name is. He's basically a man who's just like, meat he's meat man mm. he's got no skin and um the way that you get to him is you go through this really obscure path to find him and you go into this little mini dungeon area and you have to pick a member of your party to sacrifice on these like chains that like tears them apart oh my and so their God. blood runs down and like activates the boss who did he send you sent the little girl didn't you <laughs> no, no. she was in it to the end um until she died to my sword because i went insane um but... yeah yeah I, there was this other guy who i found um right yeah he was i, I tried sacrificing a ghoul but you can't mm. um needs to be one of like the main characters who can be in your party fuck savage um apparently there's a way to not do that you can get around it by doing some fancy shit that i just never found but yeah um and then I stepped on a nail after I beat him. And, <laughs> and I had no items. And I died. Oh my but yeah, God. that was my playthrough. Holy yeah. shit. I technically didn't see an ending cutscene. Wow. I it up. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Even though I got an ending, I feel like you saw so much more of the game. There's so much lore that I just yeah. completely passed me by. A lot of the lore is like in the people that you talk to as well as the books. And if you just, sometimes you just don't find the books. Mm, right. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Fucking cool. I know. I, I do want to play it again and I want to play it on the harder difficulty and try and like do a couple of optimized things. It's, it's really good on the harder difficulty. Yeah. I actually, I, I definitely think you should not start on the harder difficulty. Right. I think you would just not play it. You'd yeah. just be super turned off. But, um, when I knew what I was doing, the harder difficulty was really cool because mm. it like, you know, you, you you get used to it a little bit. But with yeah. like when you're always running out of torch and it's going to be pitch black yeah. and like there are a few moments where I ran out of torches and I'm like walking around oh, in the dark and like I find a torch and yeah. I'd be like, yeah, you know, like it, it was really, really like exciting. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I, I do want to try that difficulty. Mm. One of the cool things about this game that I thought was like, just watching someone else play it, you'll see them do something that you just would never have thought to do. Mm. You know, like, I can't remember who I was, but I saw them like, there's these torches in the in the cave um, where the magic men are mm -hmm. that you can just take. <laughs> and I saw someone do one of those ones and I was like, oh, you just take those torches? <laughs> like ready-made torches. Just right, take them. Right. Or like the ripping of the bedsheets thing. You were like, I don't know if I can rip the bedsheets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To get a bit of cloth. Yeah. Um. So yeah, there's just like heaps of that stuff in this game where it's like, I don't know what's allowed. And sometimes there's, you know, like whole other areas that people find, which is... Yeah, I didn't know the tree went that deep. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, the tree is very deep. And apparently there's another... In that bottom area where Lagarde is dead, there's like a heart. Do you see that big purple organ? Yeah, yeah. Apparently there's two more of those and you get a different ending if you slash all of them. No shit. Yeah. Because I slashed one of them and I was like, gross. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was pretty gross. Wow. Yeah, I, don't, I couldn't find any more than one either. So huh. I don't know. 
Wow. Um, did you find the chair? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Uh, I don't think so. It was a really nice chair. Um, oh, a nice chair. Yeah. You, you can... It, it's the only one in the game where it's like, would you like to sit down? <laughs> the character sits down. We, we, when that came up, were you like, uh, would I? Yeah. <laughs> Every option in this game is like, there's a dark hole. You want to go in there? <laughs> there's a big pit. You want to go down there? <laughs> um, yeah, the chair is like, uh, you can sit on the chair and reminisce and your mm -hmm. character reminisces about all the stuff that they've been through to get to here mm -hmm. in the dungeon. I was like, that's so nice. Like, not very often in games do characters get a chance to, like, sit down and reflect. Mm. And in a game like Fear and Hunger, it's just, like, such a, like, big um, contrast to everything else that's been going on. Right. So, yeah. highly recommend the chair. Mm. Sounds like a great chair. Good chair. <laughs> um, yeah. How are we going for time? You, uh, you want to wrap it up or? Yeah. Yeah. If, I mean, unless you've got anything else to say, this, this has been one of my favorite game club games yeah, and, totally. and for, for the record, I think we've had our criticisms, but mm. I think this is a very good game. Yeah. I, I was, I'm, I'm really impressed with what they did using RPG maker. Totally. Like yeah. made it their own big time. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's there's so much good stuff in this game, like the the targeting system and the weird enemies and like the audio when you get chased for the first time or like the first few times is like mm. terrifying. Get that piano sting. Bang, bang. Yeah. <laughs> uh, some of the animations are actually really cool. There's like a bunch of like weird stuff that you find that happens that's just kind of s surprising. They do some really nice pixel animation. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the coin flip situation like who would have thought like flipping a coin could be so tense bro bro yeah the coin flip stuff was amazing yeah. and so simple like it was just one of those like slap me across the face moments mm. where i'm like oh you smart son of a bitch yeah. like yeah so well implemented and it's like such a you know role-playing thing you know like mm. you got a, your coins while you're playing dnd flip one of those and see what happens mm. um and yeah, just always the negative result being so bad, unless you're opening a chest or something. Mm. Um, yeah, it's usually, it's either run ending or gets you in a really bad situation for the run. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. Yeah, I, I'm kind of interested after a little bit of cool off to play the sequel. Mm -hmm. Made a sequel called Termina, mm -hmm. which apparently is like a lot, pulls a lot from Majora's Mask because the town in Majora's Mask is called Termina. Oh, interesting. And I think it's got a little bit of like timey-wimey, rewindy, three-day thing going right, on in man, it. Okay. not sure. Have yeah. to check it out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, love that, love that game. Loved and hated that game. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fuck. Man. Yeah, I was, yeah really impressed and like i'm really glad i kind of got past that point of frustration yeah, totally. because it is yeah. frustrating in the beginning yeah. and like i was in the mood for it you know mm. like i was like i'm ready for anything i'm like ready to play a brand new game that i don't know anything about and uh, it was still just a bit like yeah there's no loading screens with tips there's no nothing so yeah, yeah i think if you just go in trying to learn i think you'll have a much better time Totally. Yeah. Go in. It's so hard to be like at the end of the podcast where we've just talked about all the mechanics in the game to be like, go in blind. <laughs> <laughs> like it's like deaf ears at this point. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like if, if you have like earlier on, uh, maybe at the start of the podcast, we can be like, Hey, this is way better to go in completely blind on. Yeah. Um, 
because yeah, I watched a little bit of Super Eye Patch Wolf's video on it, the first mm. half of it or so, but like I knew to loot in containers and you didn't. Right, well, that, like that's... I didn't even know looting was a thing. Yeah, exactly. So mm. yeah, I, I think blind is the best way to go. Mm. Um, and yeah, I mean, the scrolls thing would be nice to know, but you can probably do without it, you know? Mm. Maybe it isn't crucial, but mm. it definitely makes your life a lot simpler if you can just summon any item you want. Yeah. I think you can, there's a few exceptions, but yeah, most items in the game. Anyway, oh shit! Shall we wrap it right Fear up? Fear and hunger. Yeah. So like, I'm. I've got a list of four games Ooh. for uh, oh, the next game. Yeah, but I I don't have like a one d four or anything. So maybe we'll do like a quick music fade, and I'll go find like a d four. We could. Um, do you have a coin? <laughs> Dude, aren't coins extinct? <laughs> I don't have a coin. Oh no. Okay. Yeah. Let's see. We can do a quick music fade. And we're back. All right. Um, all right. We've got a D4 here. I couldn't find a coin. Coins, like, we don't have a coin in this house. Oh, God. All right. So, do we have a D4 here? Oh it's trapped God. within a box it's... and it's a puzzle to solve. Oh, God. It truly does. The box is so tightly constructed. There, there we go. go. There we go. All right. Um, wow. Lots of interesting looking D4. Oh, cool. Cool. All right. Do you want to do the honors? I shall roll. Yeah. <laughs> It's a four, baby. It's a four. We are playing Tinykin. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, game Pass game. So, uh, yeah, this is a Game Pass game. And, uh, yeah, all the games that we were going to roll for this week are cozy, chill, right. like, you know, we did the fear and hunger thing, yes. and we're just going to relax. I'm chill. Yeah, from what I've seen of Tozy, uh, Tozykin, <laughs> <laughs> we hit the point. I think we hit the point 20 minutes ago. <laughs> um, yeah, from what I've seen of Tinykin, it looks really nice, really lovely, warm little colors and good times. So, cool. I'm keen. Awesome. All right. We liked Fear and Hunger. Tiny King is the game for July. It is July 2023, people. Oh, no. Um, Awesome. All right. Well, if y'all played Fear and Hunger, write us a line at itsalmosttheweekendpod at gmail.com. Would love to hear your thoughts. Uh, And that's all I got. Joe, any final words? No. I mean, um, not really. Definitely let us know what you, this is such like a conversation rich game um, mm. that I'd love to even hear. Like if you played a little bit of it and then bounced off or like if you've started playing and want to keep playing, just write in and tell us what you're thinking so far. Mm. It's, um, yeah. I'd love to hear what everyone thinks of this game that chooses to play it again. Like we said, it's probably not for everyone. Um, there is a lot of big, big boy themes in here. Um, but <laughs> you know, if that's, if, if you're okay with that, then yeah, definitely try and get around this one. It's, it's well worth it. Mm. Alrighty. We'll uh, have a sick weekend, y'all. See you next time. See you next weekend again.